What's up, everyone? Welcome to Physio Thursday. Yes, it's a thing now. Phil is away on Friday this week, so today we are doing Physio Thursday. We're going to answer your physio questions. We're also going to talk about the reopening of Unity Gym. We've had some good questions about what it's like to train here, so stick around. What's up, everyone? My name is Rad Burmaster. I am the co-founder of Unity Gym and co-creator of the UMS, the Unified Movement System, where we turn driven people into superhumans. And the way we get such astonishing results with our members is that we've created a program that has a balance between strength and flexibility and cardio fitness. If you want to know how we do it, grab one of the free blueprints, strength blueprint, flexibility blueprint, or uh, or physio blueprint. (laughs) blueprint. I was looking at Phil's comment, physio, or nutrition blueprint. (laughs) Um, And also come and join the private Facebook group the UMS Movement Mastermind, where we record these shows live and we answer your questions. Um, yeah, today I'm joined by Phil. Normally Phil comes in on Friday, but today he's here on Thursday and we're doing yeah. Physio Thursday. Sign of things come. Things are getting back to normal <laughs> a bit here, so we'll um, hopefully I'll be in on, on other days rather oh, than just yeah, Friday. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Physio every day. But now yeah. we'll, we'll still try and keep like one episode a week, I think, yep. designated to so more physio, physio stuff yeah, and then sure. I'll just... Chime in on other Chime in here and there. That I yeah, know. yeah, from the yeah. small corner at the back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we are. Uh, we've got so much going on here right now. We've got renovations happening uh, in the background as we speak. Unity Gym members, you are going to be treated um, to a real surprise when you come back. The gym is going to look different. It's going to be a hell of a lot more awesome and a hell of a lot more polished. Everyone in the online group, you guys have been having your um, treats for the last month or so because we're working on this first. You know, we've got this new table, these new microphones, this new lighting setup. Um, so we've got to put some love into the gym now for the gym people. Yeah, I'd love to know. Like, I started training at this gym probably, what, seven years ago now, and I'd mm. love to know how many little renovation projects has oh happened <laughs> since I've been here. I saw a video come up on YouTube. If you want it, go and look at our YouTube videos yeah. um, from five years ago or so. And I almost vomited when I looked at what the gym looked like. I was, it, it was, I was ashamed, and it was funny at the time. I didn't think of it. And Yanni was always the one that said, "Oh my God, this this gym's embarrassing. We got to do this and this and this." But when I look at it now, I'm like, "Wow, I'm really proud of this place." Yeah. Yeah, it's looking good. Exciting yeah. things. Yeah, it's mm. really cool. So I want to, before we get into this physio, uh, the physio questions today, I want to answer uh, Clorinda's question. So Clorinda is a, a new, well, she's, she's only been chiming in on the UMS Movement Mastermind recently, but apparently she lives around the corner from the gym, which is awesome, um, because she's saying she wants to come and train here now that we are um, going to be reopening. And she asked a question that is actually um, going to be something that I think think Clorinda is really going to benefit a lot of people, um, which is why I want to answer it on this show here. Um, So she's saying, I saw your intro program, which we call the 28 day intensive, but I'm still unsure exactly what it includes. Um, uh, Very keen on getting strong and upskilling and improving my upper body strength. Does the four week intro program allow me to pick uh, what skill I want to improve on and focus on that? Or are they more generalized classes in a group that we follow? So I'm going to give you guys a really quick rundown of how the UMS system works and what makes it so unique and so effective. <clears throat> the first, the, at the grassroots of the UMS, we focus on strength, flexibility, and fitness. Those are the three components that we've identified um, for, the, for a generalist, for the general population, for the, for, and, and even for people that are in the general population, but that are at that higher level that are wanting to you know, really upskill. Those are the things that we believe uh, that you need a balance of. 
Um, if you move away from one of them too much and, and specialize in another one, the body suffers. So by balancing strength, flexibility, and fitness, um, we get great uh, transformations with people. We also teach skills like calisthenic skills, like handstands and muscle-ups and planches and levers and um, locomotion and flow and things like that. But what we've identified, Clorinda, is that the most important thing that people need if they've got an hour to train a day is to get strong, flexible, and fit. Now, if you've got more time to spend than an hour a day, that's when we start showing you how to do skills. So it is not done within the general class. We don't do a class where we teach handstands on the class. We've tried doing that, and all it does is create a process that doesn't deliver great results in any area. And what we decided was that we wanted our classes to be something where if you turned up to those classes and you did nothing else but turn up to those one hour classes, you would see some serious improvement in the markers that we've identified, strength, flexibility, and fitness, and you will. And this is really like reflected a, a change in your training, like where you used massive. to just hammer skills and skills and skills, massive. and then you mm. made the, the shift like, no, if I'm strong enough and flexible enough, then these skills will become yeah. easy. And it's been and interesting that, to watch your change in, in training over time. Yeah, and that came from a lot of trial and error. That wasn't something that I just decided. That was something that we tried and tested for a very, very long time and it didn't deliver the results that I wanted. I, what made me make these changes was I used to train so much in, in, in movement skills like animal flow and locomotion and calisthenic skills, um, and a, a rel- which involves a lot of strength training, but a relatively small portion of my training was dedicated to raw strength training with barbells and dumbbells and things really like that. really hard to progressively overload skills. Yeah, it is yeah. very hard. And our members did the same. Our members did the classes that I said, and if you went back a year and a half ago, there was, there was a lot of um, that kind of training in the gym. But what I did after one year of some of our top students, after watching them having trained five days a week in our program for one year and looking at the results that they'd achieved versus the results that I'd achieved, I realized this isn't achieving the results that I would expect. I would expect if somebody trains for an hour a day, five days a week for a year, that they would be better than this. Um, And so we had to eat a bit of humble pie and strip it back to the things. And now people are getting far better results. It's really amazing. So Clorinda, to answer your question, in the 28-day intensive, what it really is, is an opportunity for you to try our program out for 28 days and um, see if it's something that you like. Skills like a handstand are something that people do before class or after class. We coach them on it. We guide them through it, but it's not something that is done within the one-hour class time. Yeah. There's so much with it for a handstand. You need, you know, strong wrists. You need mobile shoulders so you're getting all of those component parts and it's up to you with yep. you know with plenty of guidance from here to put it together and yeah and i found out the hard way that trying to like the amount of work that's required to get a handstand for an adult that's never had one is a lot more than what people are willing to accept and i tried going the route of i'm going to prioritize handstands over anything else and I got it quicker than I would have if I did it a different way, but my body suffered in other areas. You lose strength, you lose flexibility, you lose fitness, yeah. uh, and you become you know, relatively specialized in your training. And I don't believe that that's the right way to do it. It's not what I want to do. Like it, there are places that will teach you just how to do handstands. And we've, you know, I know people that go there, but they suffer. They suffer in other areas for it. Um, and they become, you know, hand balancing specialists. And it's not what we want. It's not what we want to do here. The handstand is just a way of expressing the strength and the physical capabilities that we work on here. And it's not the reason why we train here. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I think we brought this up before, but I remember the, the one time that really, uh, made this very clear that if you you know have a 
a, a certain level of strength and a lot of these things have become easy was <clears throat> watching Sebastian Oreb when he was training in the gym and uh, it was like when Casey was still here and you guys were practicing like the, um, the flag, the, the flag yeah, and I remember um, I'll never yeah, forget it Bass that was, was a big moment for me <laughs> yeah Bass was um, benching about you know probably 200 kilos or so at the time and he's a power lifter he's a power lifter and, like, and he's um, couldn't be more specialized yeah, as a power lifter extremely pe- specialized towards power lifting and never done any of this calisthenics stuff before and he's like oh I wonder if I could do that and then just gets up into this, you know, perfect, perfect. gym and flag. <laughs> perfect. Flag. And was having a conversation with us while he was in it. He was like, is this it? Is this what you're meant to do? And yeah. I was like, fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> and no matter how much you like practice the, just the, the flag, the flag itself, progression. I get it. you, yeah, because I, you, I can't, just, you can't progressively overload to get that much stronger yeah. from it because you can't spend the adequate time there. Yeah, but you can't. Coming in with that base level of strength, he's able to just be like, yeah, yeah. And then the same things happened with my handstands. Um, since I did this shoulder injury, I completely stopped doing handstand training and focused on rehabilitating my shoulder. And, my, and now that my shoulder's better, just focusing on getting as strong as I possibly can in my upper body um, after identifying that that was a weakness in my body. And my handstands are better. When I play around, like I won't do a handstand for a month or so and then I'll jump up and it takes me a couple of times to get up because I haven't practiced it. But once I get up, I hold it better than I used to. So I'm going to start incorporating handstands back in my training again. Um, But yeah, I I hope that answers your question, Clorinda. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you that this is the better way to train if you've only got an hour to train. Unless you are willing to say, I want to learn handstands at the cost of everything else. And if you want to do that, then this isn't the best way to train. There's that you you yeah. do the handstand masterclass that we've got online, and we've got the course right there for you. But that takes about forty-five minutes, maybe an hour a day to do, and you can do that if you want. The the, the learnings are there for you, but it's not the way that we like to um to get people moving at Unity Gym. So <clears throat> that away. I hope that answered some questions. Uh, if anyone is listening and does want to come and join Unity Gym, we have very limited spaces at the moment because we can only have 10 people per class. Um, the mornings are almost fully booked. So get in quick if you want to come and train with us here because it's going to be booked out pretty quick. Um, but Phil, you've got a, a good physio question now, huh? Yeah, I think it's been pretty light on physio questions <laughs> this week. People mm-hmm. seem to, you know, must have figured out how, the, <laughs> how to take be, care of become themselves. Become invincible and uh, stop themselves from getting injured. So that's good news. Um, but we do have one that came through overnight from uh, Randall Starr, and he's asking about progression. I think this kind of uh, ties fairly well into ha- like what we're talking about here with you know structuring your training program. And um, basically, he says he's, he's looking into um, phase four, and he doesn't know how much of it he'll be able to accomplish movement-wise, as he's still struggling with test of water movement, um, even after hip strengthening, uh, a lot of hip work and strengthening, because he's got hip osteoarthritis and finds that. So I guess that's a test, test of the water movement uh and he's got the ability to go back to the gym now um so he can join the online coaching program as he really misses weight work uh and he's kind of wondering on where he should start um and looking at maybe starting from phase one and building uh what he's done so far so uh yeah i think this is a really common um thing for people in this group where basically there's you know with the way that the ums progressions works it 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 goes from you know fairly simple movements up to very like complex movement um very complex movement so uh it can be quite challenging if you hit that roadblock if you're trying to do a, a more complex movement but you, again as we said with these calisthenics skills it's really hard to progressively overload uh with some of these with these movements so um and i think particularly with uh someone where um you know they're getting pain when they're trying to do these more complex movements uh yeah it makes a lot of sense for me to to strip things back simplify things and then um build from there so yeah, with the way that these like the at home phases have worked, it's definitely gone from you know fairly straightforward simple movements to now um, some stuff that's you know 
pretty complicated for yeah. <laughs> some people. You know, the those tiger push-ups and everything can be um, mm -hmm. pretty rough. But there's there's more like with the way in which you can progress movement, you can go you know either into more complex movements that build is building in uh, a wider variety of, of challenges, or you can progressively overload the simple movement and you know get more reps in, add weight to it. So there's different ways in which you can do it, and I think. Uh, for you, especially if you've got um, uh, an injury that you got to deal with, then going back and just building up the strength around simple movements is a really great way to start. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, look, the, the UMS Foundations program is so, so good for that. It's what it's designed for and, and it's really it's really awesome. But that said, um, you know, I just finished filming all the animal flow movements yesterday and they're not very leg heavy to be honest. Test the water is by far the most intense locomotion animal flow type movement um, for the legs that is in that program. There's a couple, there's a few things that are, that'll be challenging, but um, yeah, often with osteoarthritis, it's like, like part of it is how much kind of weight you're putting through a bit often part of it is just like the positions you're getting yourself into and because yeah. mm -hmm. um animal flow generally explores pretty you know complex and, and large ranges of motion and in, in kind of planes that you're sort of not used to um it can be something that's a bit aggravating and um you know it, it's definitely something to try and work towards and ideally you know you'd be able to kind of go through a progressions of animal flow where it goes from from simple to complex um but yeah i guess with um trying to figure out like a uh, an osteoarthritis issue that's been sticking around for a while um kind of simple is often better because it's easier to control the aggravating um, and avoid the aggravating um sort of positions and really strengthen up within a um a, a you know lower pain range and then build up um strength from there so. yeah for sure i mean that's um that it's it's funny because only a few years ago when you used to speak like that I was like all ears and I really needed to hear it and try to understand how can I and I always used to have to think about how do I relate this to whatever injuries I'm dealing yeah. with but because you've been drumming that um, beating that drum with me for so long now I kind of tune out because I've I'm, it, it just seems so simple to me now yeah. and so yeah it, it really is when you when you have an injury for for the majority of, of injuries that i'm seeing you're giving advice for it's a it's just about that load management um and when it comes to body weight training it's about managing that complexity of the load so um yeah so what do you do you do you think would your advice be for randall that he just tries to do the the foundations program or what would yeah you i think say? the foundations program is obviously a, like a really good one you've got very you know um on the spectrum of complexity, they're much more simple movements that you can uh, really start to get those right and you can start to progressively overload those. And then as you, you know, build up that base layer of strength and that's gonna, um, and probably with this sort of hip um, issue that he's got going on, some slightly more targeted, um, it sounds like he's done some strength um, work, like targeted this this hip before, but clearly that hasn't worked, but uh, we know it's the, the way to go for osteoarthritis management. So, um, yeah, is is general strengthening. Well, yeah, general strengthening. Yeah. Um, and yeah, generally, general strengthening is great for arthritis. But um, yeah, there's probably some, um, you know, especially like not special, but like particular control uh, work that you could be doing to uh, just improve the joint. Because remember, with the hip, it's a ball and socket joint. And as we talk so much about the ball and socket joint, it's all about trying to manage, like control that that ball through range, so it's yep. not, um, yeah, sliding around within the joint around, yep. and. and yeah, so that's uh, there's particular work you can do there, and and Blakely's come in and um, as he always is very helpful and um, has gone back and looked through all these videos and saying he's got some issues with external rotation, um, which I haven't 
had a look at Randall's videos yet, but um, basically with the external ro rotation, that's the, the external rotators of the hip are just like the rotator cuff of the shoulder where they're the ones that are really um, controlling that movement. So it could be something to look into doing a bit more, uh, you know, stabilize, hip stabilizing work through there. I think we're all, while we're on the topic of arthritis as well, I think it's a good idea just to try and get out, like make help you guys understand that um, often people sort of just refer to arthritis, but really there's lots of different types of arthritis and the management really differs. Like the, the two big ones, osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis, and uh, they're just like wildly different conditions and uh, you know advice for osteoarthritis is often not as relevant for rheumatoid. and, and the reason there is rheumatoid arthritis is a like a um, systemic uh, inflammatory condition that's kind of a um, like an autoimmune issue where your body actually starts to attack itself and degrade the the cartilage. Whereas mm. osteoarthritis is generally you know more about the kind of like inappropriate loading and uh, mm. through life, which you know can be a it's usually a lack of movement thing because you haven't conditioned your structures to load, and it's often a um, especially with weight bearing joints like your knees or um, your hips are more of a weight like because it's weight bearing often you know becoming overweight and those um that can uh, can influence it so it's really yeah. important to understand when we talk about arthritis it's really key to know what you're talking like which one you're talking about because there's osteoarthritis there's post-traumatic arthritis after um you know a particular injury there's spondyloarthritis which is um kind of part of that autoimmune stuff which um is a whole nother thing and then there's also you know kind of gout is also kind of thought of as an arthritis sometimes with the and that's more mm. of a you know it's your crystals which um build up which is you know kind of a dietary thing and <laughs> so yeah. there's like and infections that, so there's a bunch of different types of arthritis so it's really key when when we say it here we're talking about osteoarthritis um mm -hmm. particularly so for anyone out there if you've yeah if you're not sure if you know you have it but you're not sure which type then it's kind of yeah important to know what you what we're dealing with yeah yeah for sure and also randall um you know you say that you've gone down the path of trying to strengthen it before and it wasn't effective for you i a lot of people say oh you know i've tried this and it didn't work but it you know just like what phil said then have understanding exactly what the treatment that you should be doing what kind of exercises you should be doing is often an issue that people have so people say oh i've tried this but maybe you weren't doing it right and then another thing is People often say to me, oh, I've tried weightlifting to achieve this result and it didn't work for me um, or resistance training or whatever it is. But when myself as a coach, when I look at what they're doing, they're doing it so poorly that there's just no way that they would achieve the result that they wanted. And with a few corrections of understanding, you know, the correct form for the right exercise, the correct load management, which which often for people means lifting a, a hell of a lot of a lighter weight, um, then they get a great result. And then when they start to understand how overload, you know, progressive overload really works and how it takes time and you, you, you know, you build on it, build on it, build on it, build on it, um, they get great results. So don't feel like, oh, I've tried this, it didn't work. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, what am I going to do? Like, there's so much to be said for like general exercise. If you can go in and do kind of non specific things, you're going to like, that's good. But when it comes to things like this, like some of the specifics really matter. Like, you know, if someone had a, a you know, knee issue and they said like, oh, I've tried strengthening and it doesn't work and I've, you know, I do squats, but it, they just hurt and so I can't do them. Like there's, you know, infinite ways to do a squat depending on mm. Uh, mm. How, if you're placing your feet parallel, if your toes out, if you're, um, you know, sitting back into your, um, into putting your weight through your heels and taking more of the load through your um, 
uh, through your posterior chain, your glutes and your, your hamstrings versus, you know, going forward and putting all your weight through your toes and getting it through the knee. So there's all these different ways in which you can, um, you know, it really helps to have someone who knows what they're talking about where they can guide you through the, the variations which really make the biggest thing. Because with something like this, with osteoarthritis, um, it's often like a, a bit of a, the progress sort of, is a bit of a bumpy road like it goes up and down because you you start to make progress and then you do something that's quite aggravating and that starts to uh, make it sore again but if you can kind of catch that and then learn from that and then keep progressing um you know you'll uh you'll you'll keep going forward whereas a lot of people they'll try something and then they'll get a little bit sore and be like oh this is bad for me it doesn't yeah. work mm-hmm. um and it's just so important to understand that like you know it's a it's a process it's not always going to go smoothly but it's like you've got to tr- keep learning and keep moving forward yeah and i'd even like to go you know another step further to say the importance of working with an expert like yourself and i'm saying like phil not like me i mean i am a movement expert i can you know write great programs and teach you how to become strong flexible and fit and learn skills but when it comes to injury management and rehabilitation of things that I haven't personally dealt with, I am not even close to being an expert. And just, I can think of, besides what, you know, how you helped me with my shoulder, but I can think of with Richard, what was going on with his knees. You guys might not know this, but for how long was it, Richie? Over a year that you were dealing with that knee pain? Like over a year, and he was so frustrated. And Richard is a very smart dude. He does a lot of research and he's been a personal trainer um, for over seven years now. And he's as fanatical as I am about his health and fitness. He trains every day. He eats very good food. And he had this um, knee pain, this patella uh, pain behind his uh, behind his kneecap. Um, and it got really bad when he was squatting. And he tried so much on his own. He, he did so much research. He looked at all these physio channels. He, you know, tried X, Y, and Z. And I remember talking to him through his frustration. Um, and I was saying have you tried this anyway i've tried that man and he said have you said have you tried this and he tried it all but then when he went and saw you he did a little bit of work with you and you told him a few things of how to squat differently and then however many months later the the most recent thing i saw of him was oh man it feels so good to be squatting heavy and not have knee pain again and he's squatting well over 120 or 140 kilos or whatever it was you know without having seen you even with all of his expertise and all of my expertise and i'm saying this because you guys that are watching the show, you come to me for advice. Like I know so much more than the average person does, but if I've got an injury that I'm not dealing with, that, that's not getting better, I will always go and see someone like Phil. Um, and so much of what you get from someone like Phil, this is why he does these online consultations, it's not about hands-on, it's not about getting a massage, it's not about getting a manipulation, it's about assessing movement patterns and being told, okay, I want you to squat to this angle with your weight over here and your toes turned out like that. And I, and I wouldn't be able to tell you that myself, I don't know that stuff. Yeah, it's it's the body <coughs> is like exceptionally complicated and the kind of great thing is that a lot of the time really simple things work if you're consistent with your training, if you're consistent with you know good eating, all these things, like simplicity really works for the body, but there are some times when you have particular conditions that it's just you know the details really matter like you know the the difference between uh you know resting an acute injury for a little while and then optimal loading and then getting back to it versus a tendinopathy where resting becomes you know the worst thing you can do so it's just so important to understand that there's like you know simplicity is good do the basics really well but then when there's something that's not working um you know you've got to try and find that specific thing that that really matters yep so Um, william wong here he's got one of our favorite questions i have golfer's elbow um, and shoulder impingement on and off for over two years. Been seeing physio on and off for a year. 
Going back to play tennis and volleyball hasn't helped. Uh, been really frustrating too. It hinders a lot of the exercises that I can do. Uh, what the UMS is offering. Yeah, man. It's um, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> so we've, as it's, we've talked about. I think I've, I've I talked to uh, <coughs> about Williams' uh, questions in one of my. 3 p.m. Uh, sessions that I'm doing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Australian Eastern Standard Time. So tune in if you want more physio chat. Um, but yeah, golfer's elbow. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really a very finicky thing to get on top of because, and I think just looking at what your um, the few things that you've said here is like you know you you want to be playing tennis, you want to be playing volleyball, uh, you're doing things in the gym and all of these things will, plus just general life, picking things up, carrying heavy shopping bags, all of these things are really, you know, impacting the load on which, the, like on your tendon. So it's like load management, you know, we, we say it a lot as like, you know, it's all about load management, but like load management is a really complex thing, especially for something like the golfer's elbow, because you've got to figure out not only like the, you know, you may be getting some physio exercises, but like how does that then fit in with everything else that your forearm has to do? And that's, that's where it gets quite tricky with something like golfer's elbow. Um, but, you know, the thing to keep in mind with, um, you know, the, with the physio, like often if you go and see a physio once and then maybe, you know, they give you a few exercises. If you only do those exercises and you don't progress them, then you stop giving it adequate um, stimulus to adapt and therefore uh, it, um, you know, may not ever get to that kind of threshold where things really start to improve. And so I, I find it a really tricky thing as a physio to figure out how much to get people to come back. I'm definitely on the kind of, I want to get it done in the least amount of appointments possible. And um, often I'm sending, you know, like emails and follow-ups uh, instead of getting people to come back in because I, I, I feel really strongly that, you know, I've, I've been sort of burnt as a patient before where you, you feel like you're just kind of getting milked a bit where physios mm, tell you to come yeah. back in, you know, every for week for, every week weeks, for yeah. you know, forever. Um, so that's um, a kind of tricky thing. But what I think is so important is that, you know, seeing a physio doesn't mean that you've like got the best thing, like best possible program and, and, and followed it perfectly. Like there, there's a lot of variety, you know, if you went and saw a physio and they just got in and did a few electrical zaps and, you know, uh, a bit of friction massage, like that's seeing a physio, but you know, th so physio is not a treatment in itself, but a profession who's giving you advice and, uh, and an exercise. So like y you probably could be doing things slightly better. It's good that you've seen the video and you're um, starting to do those exercises, but yeah, it's um, a tricky one to actually get golfer's elbow retraining right. Like it really needs consistency, progress, progressive overload. And the longer you've had it, generally the more like recalcitrant and, and tough it is to actually get rid of it. So my personal experience with golfer's elbow and Phil may agree or disagree with me on this, but the only way that I was able to get rid of it was that I made it my priority, which means that everything else that I enjoyed about training that aggravated golfer's elbow took a back seat and yeah. I didn't stop training. I absolutely did not stop training and I pivoted, you know, like for example, I, just as an example, um, I, I got my golfer's elbow from, from working towards a one-arm pull-up and all of a sudden couldn't do any pull-ups whatsoever. But what I found was that I could still hang and do scapular pull-ins. As long as I wasn't bending the elbow, I was fine. So all, that was what my pulling work was. My, pull up, my pulling work became, you know, I started with bilateral and then I moved to unilateral and I became very, very strong at single arm um, pull-ins, scapular pull-ins over that 18 month period. 
But <clears throat> for me, um, that was the only way I was able to fix it, uh, was to really go, okay, this is what I'm working on and everything else is going to be tailored around this injury. Yeah, and, it, and again, it is one of those things where we're looking for that, you know, like start like start from the kind of below threshold and then build up consistently. Mm. And that's really hard to do, especially with golf silver for the reasons that I've just said. And like, yeah, if you imagine, you know, you kind of start to make progress and then you play, like you get really excited and you play volleyball for a couple of hours and then, you know, you might land on your hand and kind of land mm. and, and bend your wrist. And that might then be enough to like, you know, really set things backwards and then you no, kind of have to go up brutal. again. So it's really like, I'm not saying stop tennis and stop volleyball. Like, you know, I, I'm obsessed with beach volleyball and I can't get enough and you know it, it, it's really hard to but it's really hard with these team sports and you know less controlled sports to fit that into kind of progressive overload principles yeah so for sure it's a, a tricky one yep um, just before we do kind of move on I really wanted to talk about um, with osteoarthritis some kind of common misconceptions about it and just so you know i've got uh, an appointment that i'm gonna have to leave in five minutes so you can Sweet. you can you can just fin- but you can finish up if you need more time yeah no i just wanted to make for. it like because we're just talking about how exercise is really important here and often people sort of think like uh that arthritis is sort of a wear and tear thing and therefore movement equals bad um i just wanted to make this quick point that uh there's this is one of the most like research parts of of, of physio and it really is quite clear that um you know by building up strength around a joint is the best thing you can do um, for arthritis. Uh, because, you know, if you imagine those passive structures and active structures that I talk about often, um, basically like your bones, your ligaments um, and your cartilage are all there as kind of your backup uh, passive support structures. And, and when you build up the muscles around a joint, it's going to control those um, structures. It's going to build that dynamic scaffolding. So that um, when you move, that everything's going to move together nicely and you won't be relying on you know those passive structures to hold things in place so it's just so key to understand that with arthritis like the more strengthening you can do around the joint the the better and even if you end up like you know after getting three second opinions do end up getting a a surgery or joint replacement or something the more strengthening you can do before that injury the better and a lot of you know surgery research now is kind of showing that uh it's like one of the reasons it work is because it forces people to take their rehab seriously and do 12 weeks of strengthening. So yep. just really wanted to get that message across that strength matters and imaging often doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. All right, team. Thanks for tuning in today. We will see you tomorrow for the last deload workout of phase three and uh, hopefully another uh, movement mastermind chat here. And... Um, Look out for, we're going to do a video showing you all the amazing work that we've done on the gym soon. You'll be able to see it all. I'm, I'm keen to step outside and yeah. see what the builders are, are working on right now. Uh, very exciting, guys. Thanks, um, thanks everyone for tuning in and thanks for, uh, for the love, as always. We'll see you soon. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.
We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.